Welcome to the OC Endurance Podcast. My name is Chris, along with my hosts, Tony and Austin. And uh, this week, this is number 12, guys. We've done a dozen podcasts. Can you believe it? I need a break, man. Time for a break. Time for a hiatus. <laughs> when does a paid vacation start? Yeah, this is the, the thing I'm most committed to. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know what records we're breaking this week as being a startup podcast that's hit 12, but uh, I always like those statistics showing that uh, you know, however many podcasts don't make it after whatever. But uh, I think, uh, what is it? If we get 21 episodes would that be considered a habit is that uh, what is it 21 days but yeah. we have to do 21 episodes 21 times i don't know we're, we're doing weeks already right so if we're at 12 weeks it's three months that we've been doing that, that sounds crazy yeah it's a long training yeah. cycle if you think about it it's yeah the longest relationship some of us has had about other than our significant other <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't miss one episode so i guess you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, for a massage. Yes. Well, we have no guests this week. We're just going to shoot from the hip and uh, we've got some topics to talk about, but uh, figure we can catch up. The time is ticking away. We are, uh, I'm fairly recovered from Oregon. I'm uh, actually just, we're recording in the morning today. We're switching our time and I just hopped off the treadmill, did a 45 minute run, did some uh, slowly trying to add a little bit of speed work back in. Nothing Nothing crazy, just some one minute, uh, 730 pace. My calves were trashed after the, the race. So, um, I probably ran more than I was supposed to based on training and I was, I was definitely hurting, but now, uh, feeling better. So what was nice. the, you've been, you've been doing any like massage or like theragunning or. Yeah, I've been rolling, uh, ART is kind of the primary. I need to get on mm -hmm. a massage schedule and just, uh, start getting the legs worked on. But yeah, I go over to, uh, Dr. Andrews over there in Placentia, Total Body Health, and they do ART, laser, PZO, uh, all that to the legs. And, and that always helps. Um, but then I probably overdo it by nice going and running too much. You after. know, uh, Nadia swears by these things, but the TheraBody, they have those, uh, like compression vibrating calf sleeves. And oh, she like, really? she like lives in them. I, th I think they last like three hours and she she just runs them until they are, until they die. Um, John too, right? John Yance loves those, right? I think those are the same ones that he's yeah. using. Yeah. So but, they're not compression. I mean, they're, I mean, not compression in the sense of like the Normatec. They're more of a, like a vibration. Yeah. So they're, they're not, um, they're not like the air compression where you're hooked up to anything or like they're, they're, you know, pulsating or anything like that. No, they're just, uh, they're a compression sleeve. Like you, you would think of like your standard, like, you know, two XU or, uh, whatever, just compression sleeve, but they also, um, have a, a vibrating, uh, like module on them and then you can you can set the the speed hmm. of the vibrations or the intensity of the vibrations uh and it lasts a pretty pretty long time and again she swears by them i, I can't it just sounds like a there's like a, a, a gimmick like the vibrating plate you stand on <laughs> I, i'm hey that works man i got my arms from that no no it just sounds like there's like a a, a bee's nest wherever she's walking i'm just like Wait, what the hell is oh that's right she's got those things on again that's funny i i do um do some of the e-stem you know low frequency kind of pulsing uh electro stem pads i've got one of those from back in the day when we had the uh, crossfit magazine i got one of those for free mm -hmm. so i do put those on uh 
every once in a while when the legs are sore. Yeah, I but things do that like more. You, you can't walk around or do no. anything when you have e-stem on. You can't no. walk around or do anything when you have like the compression boots on. And I think that's the benefit of these like that's vibrating cool. compression sleeves is they're completely wireless and like she's just, you know, walking around doing her thing or going through her, her morning routine or, you know, after she's she's done working out and slop, you know, just slips them on and just continues right, on. see if they can make them a podcast sponsor and... <laughs> we'll all we'll all wear them during the show, and they'll just be an annoying buzz in the background. In the background. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's about it for me. Just uh, I felt like I was pretty trashed. I haven't even made my recap video. I'm like, oh my god, every day I'm like, all right, let's record. And I just I'm mentally, I think leading into that race, um, trying to make all those videos, and then racing, I I came back just burned out. So it's been you know, just trying to train. So I, I'm hoping maybe I can record that and do that. I just need to do it Lionel style, just a camera in my, my, uh, dark living room and just talk and not yeah. feel like I've got to do all this like cinematic crap and just knock something out and right. set a timer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then go, go double over your, your target time. <laughs> that guy can yeah. talk. I mean, he's a oh. storyteller. Oh my God. You didn't go, or you, well, you weren't there. Awards at, uh, it was so funny at the um, awards and roll down for mm-hmm. Oregon. Um, the female winner, she did like, the, you know, they give them the mic to say something, right? And she, she did a kind of a motivational quote type thing. It was real short. Like anybody can do this, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, then they that's, give it. That's Danielle Lewis. Yes. Yes. And then they gave uh, the mic to Lionel, right? And he's just like going on and on and on. I feel like I'm a, a rookie athlete and I'm just, like, he's just talking and talking. And he's like, I'm just rambling. And he's just got the microphone and everybody's just like, listen. I mean, he just, he can just go and go. He's, yeah. He's so engaging. It's just, you know, he, he, I could just continue to listen to him. And then, but he always has his go to words, right? Like the, the undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. And they even, they even made a, a shirt with the undoubtedly. Yes. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, that's it. Just trying to ramp back up for Finland. And uh, I actually, I ran my uh, little bit, uh, you know, speed work in the Nikes. Got the Alpha Flies came in this week, finally. Nice. After Nike, never whatever happened. I think they, they took my order and didn't actually have the shoe. So... Uh, which was actually ended up being good because I ran in my old Nikes for Oregon and I realized again, cause I hadn't worn them for more than a year that they were too small. So I running warehouse had them and got uh, the 12 and a halfs and I was a little concerned they're going to be too big, but they felt amazing this morning. So you didn't run in your endorphins? No, I tossed those actually. I did so many races in those and probably peed in them too much. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to throw those away. Um, so yeah, no, but they felt really good. I was, I was happy. I can't believe you guys pee on the run. I can't pee while running. Usually it's in transition, but usually it's, if it has to happen in transition, it's try to do it discreetly while acting like I'm transitioning. Right. Cause you're not supposed yeah. to yeah. do well, that, but, and, and I, I do it I before say- I put my shoes on. So it's oh, just my, I, it's I, just my I will say in Alaska, when I peed five times on the bike, I did coming out of transition after like mile one, I just let it, I let it go while I was running. I peed while I was running. That's impressive. I don't know that I, I see, I have a really hard time doing 
that. I've been able to do it when swimming once, yeah. but not uh, in, a, in a wetsuit, not like at the masters while someone's right behind me. Yeah, yeah. Su- Sujin's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was open. <laughs> my mouth was open. <laughs> yeah, I no, could only do it swimming yeah. while moving. Was the whole, uh, there's the, the comic Dimitri Martin, and he's like, there's a big difference between peeing in a pool and peeing into a pool yeah (laughs) Yeah. location 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 yeah yes yeah so uh i lost my train of thought oh peeing but uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so it's gonna be really hard to pee in 300 hundred dollar nikes i'll tell you that so um i may just have to hit the porta potty yeah well again in alaska it was pouring rain so like i just it it didn't really make a difference at that point what yeah i will say by that point in the day after drinking everything you drink in the morning, everything you drink on the bike, uh, it's pretty much just clear liquid at that point. <laughs> it's water. I feel um, like. See, I, I I take so many beet pills. I think during uh, <laughs> the event, I'm I'm still like peeing pink. You know? <laughs> well, you and your white shorts that would not look good. It, yeah, yeah. But again, it just like washed right out with the, the amount of heavy rains that we were dealing with. I just I was like, whatever. I don't care. And again, I'm trying to run people down at that point. That was pretty important to me. So I'll just wash my shoes. I don't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, Tony, how about you? What's been going on? Well, I'm just glad we don't do video podcasts because I'm still in my damn riding gear. So Yeah, you are. You got the headband. You got the body band on. I've got mine I, sitting I here somewhere. I bought them, but I don't know what I did with them. I haven't worn them yet. Oh, yeah, and I was just figured I'd I'd try and get my ride in outside this morning and uh, jumped out there like around 520. And sure enough, it's like 75 degrees, humid as shit, and and then it starts raining. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me right now. Like rain with this weather, it's just muggy. But yeah, It was weird looking yesterday. Beautiful sunrise. Right? It was hot, but yeah, it was cloudy. It was just strange for this time yeah. of year in California. I mean, I understand in like Arizona, places like that, but I don't feel like we usually get that kind of weather. Yeah. I mean, they're getting like the, the whole like monsoon season right now. And it feels like, you know, I'm like, what it felt like. Yeah. I, cause I hate riding my bike in the rain and then, and then you, she gets all dirty and then I have to like, you know, give her extra love when I get home. And then, you know, the naughty gets jealous cause you know, rubbing on my bike (laughs) naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, does it sit next to your bed? Like she sleeps on one side and the bike is on the other side? No, but I mean, like I, I keep her inside on a rack. Like she's she's inside and um, and she's either usually like in the living room on the rack or she's upstairs on the trainer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm having the debate, right? Because, you know, John is going to be doing the testing and the power meter stuff. And I've had my Trek on the trainer forever. I haven't switched it over. So mm-hmm. I've got the 12-speed cassette and I've got the inserts for the through, through axle. And so I think later today I'm going to have to switch my trainer over and finally be done with having a trainer bike. And my, my Canyon, it's, it's just a... I'm so spoiled now not having to take my bike on and off the trainer. I used to hate doing that. I always felt like it messed up the derailleur. Like it required getting my bike tuned more because I was constantly pulling that stuff off. I don't know if that's true, but I just need another Canyon. I need a, I need two of them, one for the trainer and one to ride outside. Yeah, let me know how you uh, sell that one to the wife so I can use the same logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's when things just show up. 
You're like, what are you yeah. talking about? No. And you just got to hide the other one really well. You're sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to buy you sponsored. this necklace and his bike just showed up. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now, so I think I'm going to make the switch. That way I can use my power meter for power instead of using Zwift. And, uh, well, now I'm a trainer road, so I'm kind of elite. There you go. Oh my God. I was losing my mind yesterday. <laughs> that was funny. That was the first thing that came to mind. Cause I know, um, you know, when, when John sets my workouts, they're basically percentage. He sets them percentage based, uh, of FTP. And so in, in training peaks in TP there, it's like 90%, but the FTP is different set from training peaks to what my trainer road FTP is. So whenever I get targets on train on training peaks, inherently the targets are always higher in trainer road. So if I know if I hit the trainer road, uh, targets, I'm going to basically exceed what I, what I should be doing. Um, but it's always like that carrot in front that I, I want to hit the numbers yeah. in trainer road. And even if I'm a little off, then I know I still hit the overall like scheduled or targeted ones that he actually set for me. So nice. once, once you were telling me, yeah. Like, well, real quick, the backstory on this shit it. is I have been on Zwift, <laughs> right? And I just did it because Zwift was the popular thing, right? And, you know, I want to play a video game. And honestly, I do not like the whole 3D. Uh, I don't even want to watch it, right? I don't want to see the riders. I don't want to see any of that. But you guys, you elite folks, some of you like Tony and uh, Pauline and all of you are uh, using Trainer Road. And I've got other friends. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to try it. And my coach has always said, he does all the, he has all the workouts in trainer road, but I always manually program them. I don't even try and export and import. I just manually program them, but I hate the Zwift builder, right? Cause you build it in the computer. It doesn't always sync on the app and you build it on the app and their touch interface is just terrible. So downloaded trainer road yesterday. It's like, okay, I can get this done in 15 minutes. I'm going to hop on the bike. There goes our Zwift sponsorship. Thanks. I know. That. I know. Oh, an shit. hour <laughs> later, an hour later, I'm in the garage, right? My garage door's open. My neighbors are probably, I'm over there just F-bombing it. What the mother... I just, I'm trying, you know, I get the app, I get on the bike. I'm like, okay, let me program the workout. Oh no, you got to download their builder on the computer. So now I get off the bike, go find my computer, download it and put all the workout in. And you know, I'm in a hurry, right? I'm pissed off. And I hop on the bike and I had set a warm up, 160 watts warm up, hop on, hit go, start pedaling for about seven seconds. And it's at 460 watts and I cannot move the goddamn pedals. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Right. And, and yeah, as Tony, as I went on to discord and ranted about it, Tony, or I was actually on the trainer ranting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, okay. he's, yeah. That's 160. It's not 160 watts you put in. That was 160 percent, percent of what my of FTP, FTP, what it thought my FTP was. Yeah. So yeah. So I had to scale the workout. <laughs> Luckily they let you scale the workout because that was fairly easy. I just scaled it down to 38% and it, it was fine, but mm -hmm. I was pretty angry there for uh, that entire trainer ride and the hour before. And, uh, but if we're going to get a trainer road sponsorship, I love trainer road now. It's always a learning curve. I think, right. There's, there's yeah. a learning curve, but I, uh, I have zero patience for shit. So that's the problem. <laughs> I, I love Trainer Road. And, you know, Lionel used to use Trainer Road as, exclusively as well. But then Zwift whenever it is Zwift sponsored as a period sponsor, or? and they threw money at him, so he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. So between Trainer Road now and uh, getting getting my cassette changed, I'm hoping to be considered elite at some point. 
<laughs> I'm still right. trying to get there. <laughs> All right, Austin, what's been going on for you? Nothing. Just training. Same old, same old, and a couple events that are coming up, you know, Naples Island, three mile swim. That'll be super fun. That's, uh, what, three weeks here? I think there might be one or two people from the group doing it. And yeah, I saw Eric Marin. signed up. Yeah, man. It's, I want to uh, do that. That's the week before yes. World Championships, right? It's yeah. Probably not a good idea to swim. That's a recovery. I could swim. do it easy. Yeah. 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 You could, and you could do it in the wetsuit. You'd be in the back with all the old ladies. So, you know, <laughs> hang out with them. It's really funny because you see, yeah, people who are, I don't know, 75 years old that do it and they just put on their wetsuits and then just go, all right, let's go. They have a group of people and they just cruise the whole island, get it all done. And you're like, damn, I hope I'm like them when I'm that age. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, it's a huge group of people. My favorite thing is that, and maybe a lot, a lot of people don't like this, but it's a huge mass start. It's not a rolling start. So it's, I, gosh, I don't know. Old school Ironman style. Yeah. And it's just, they hit the cannon you just jump into a pile of white water and you're like, well, let me figure out my way. People climbing all over you, kicking people in the chest. It's a, it's a good time. So it takes about mm, maybe five minutes to kind of find some, some space and find some feet or open water or whatever you prefer and just carry on about the Island. It's, it's a great way to kind of see it if you've never swam in those areas. So I get excited for that one. Um, yeah. I've never done the, the loop around the island. Have you done that, Tony? I mean, I've swam, I used to swim to the wall all the time, but I never yeah. have made that left turn and, and gone all the way around. Yeah, I've done it once. Um, back when I was, I think like 2016, when I was first, first training for my first, uh, first full iron. Is it pretty narrow? I mean, I, I remember it, at least when it, I've walked through there, it feels it, narrow when you're looking at it, but does it... It's I, not that bad, but like, yeah, when yeah. you're going through like the, the smaller canals through the, the, you know, I guess like the neighborhoods, what you would call it, mm -hmm. um, that gets kind of narrow, but I mean, it's not too, too bad. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. do it unless there was a group of people or somebody kayaking or paddleboarding next to me, at least the whole island, because you get kind of to the backside where that big bridge from second and PCH crosses over yeah. and it's pretty wide and there's some big boats that go through there. Yeah. So I, I well, wouldn't do it unless there's and, a group. And they're not used to swimmers being right. out in that section. So I don't think right. they're is is accustomed to keeping an eye out for yeah. for swimmers. Yeah. Um, like they are on, on you know the other sides. The beaches of, and all that. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 So well, I think I mean, at that point, like, you know, I, I'm always hating on those stupid inflatable. I was just going to say, swim if, you're, if you're Tony, you've got your swim buoy hanging off the back. I swimming hate those five feet so from shore. God damn it. I, I really can't stand those things. You're <laughs> swimming in the fucking bay for God's sake. You don't need a swim buoy. Like, and, and you're swimming alongside swim buoys that are like lining the course for you. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, that was so frustrating. What and if then, they're swimming and putting their nutrition in it? They're not swimming that far. And most of these people are doing <laughs> stupid laps where they just go to the 500 and come back and 500 and come back. And why do you yeah. need a buoy for that? No, they need their and phone, their phone and their nope. keys, their phone and their yeah. keys, you know, mm -hmm. Long Beach. It's crazy. Good point. Oh my, Great point. Great point. <laughs> have, you know what? They're usually in a group of like 15 to 20 and you have every one of these motherfuckers with a, a buoy. Like, I don't know, have three people with buoys and have them hold everybody's keys or something. Like you don't need 15 moving buoys and if they're orange or or if they're they're yellow or pink it's not so so bad like as yeah, when as they're orange swimmer, they're the same color at the buoys I, that the does buoys. piss me off yeah because then you're trying to you're trying to sight you know and like, i'm trying to like, swim towards them you're like what the hell is this buoy moving for what like you know you're like am i really swimming this crooked 
because again, inherently most of these guys swim crooked as shit too. And you're like, why, why are you cross? Why is this buoy crossing my path? There I mean, I already have a pretty sponsor. good scar on my forehead from the last idiot who oh, yeah, that crooked like, as shit and hit me in the forehead. Ago. Yeah. Nah, it's been what, like still it's fresh. Been a month now, but it's still fresh in my mind. That's funny. Yeah. You ever, no, um, I, 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 well, I, Sunday, it was crowded out there. Oh yes, my God. Yeah. There were so, well, and I swam a little, I mean, I don't know if it was that much later. We probably got in the water at 730, but there had to be a hundred people. There was a huge group getting in the water yeah. at, at that time. I couldn't, have, I've never seen it that crowded. How many swim boots did you see? <sighs> Hundreds. <laughs> yeah well, it, was, it was well, bad i was giving, I I was giving I, I thought they were giving them away i was giving I bet, stevie yeah. crap because stevie showed up with a swim buoy and he had his phone in it he's too good of a swimmer to be using a buoy man uh, he probably had a baguette in there that's true okay then it's acceptable it's acceptable then. nutrition <laughs> I, you know i could i could totally see stevie doing that too like yeah. being over by like the 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 a buoy turnaround or something and he just like just reaches into his his little swim buoy and like pulls out a baguette and starts having it yeah you know? yeah i did go past the 500 i went uh went to buoy b took eric and i went went out to buoy b uh, nice. on sunday so i i try to get michael to go to the wall so we got to like the typical 3K turnaround, run right, right by the American lady, that yellow boat or whatever. And uh, I just, I kind of sat there and waited for him. And, and he had already kind of said he was going to cut our run short from what I was, when I, I had to run 18. And uh, so I was like, I'm going to give him a swim more then. And so he got to me and I was like, hey, let's just go to the wall. It's right there. And he's like, yeah, I don't know about that. And I was like, okay, fine. Let's just go to the next yellow buoy. You see that yellow buoy right there? I was like, let's go to that. And he's like, ah, I don't know. I was like, it's just like four minutes out, four minutes back. Like, what, what's the big deal? And he's like, okay, fine. So I got him to go to the, go to, go to the sea buoy. So that's, that's his furthest swim now, uh, open water. So it was like 3,500. And then I, I did actually, he wanted to do 10 originally to run. I wanted to do 18 and I got him to meet in the middle at 14. So that was, yeah, that I did was see that. Time. And you went on, you did do your longer run. Cause I actually went to Strava to see how far he ran and see if you bullied him into it. Yeah. I, so I got him to go to 14. That was, that was good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then now for this, so this Saturday, I actually, um, I have a, a rare, uh, four hour aerobic ride scheduled. And so, um, you know, I'm going to make the trek down to Solana beach and then take the train back. And so I was trying to find people to, you know, kind of go with me, but not affect the ride. And so I was like, God, I, that's a short list. And so I hit up Austin and Austin. Sorry, I'm busy. Unavailable. <laughs> yeah. You didn't make the short list anyway. So don't worry oh, about it. <laughs> no, but yeah, Austin wasn't available. Uh, you know, we both had Josh in mind. So I hit up Josh, Josh said he's down. Um, and I was, you know, my, my other buddy, you know, tree trunk, Tim, um, yeah, he, he can't make it. And then the last one I was, again, I think Michael can do it, but selfishly, I, I was trying to keep him for Sunday cause I have 19 on Sunday. And I was like, I, if I, <laughs> if I use him on the ride on Saturday, I know he's not going to be with me on Sunday. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I hit him up anyway, just cause like, I think it'd be good for him to get that kind of a ride under him. So. Um, well, so I, mean, I think right now it's just, there's three of us, right? It's myself, uh, Josh and, and Michael. So, yeah, I'll probably join you guys for the portion in kind of through Newport or something and then mm -hmm. head back. So I'll probably do that with you guys. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, again, it's, it's aerobic, so we're not, I don't, and I think Josh will probably end up, 
you know, going longer anyway, just because that's just what he mm-hmm. likes to do. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. So keeping it under 23 miles per hour? Oh, f- for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's your aerobic speed? Or? No. Man, he's just giving, <laughs> giving me shit right now. But no, I, th- I think typically that ride for, you know, for my place when we tack on a little bit just to get to, you know, make it like a 90 mile ride. And we usually average right around 20 miles an hour. Uh, it's like a four and a half hour ride with a, a quick pit stop, typically in Oceanside. Once you get off the freeway to, you know, just grab some extra water nutrition potentially or bathroom break for anybody. Um, um, hopefully you avoid all the roadies in the morning. That's kind of my least favorite part about PCH is that you get kind of caught with a big group of people and then if you want to pass it's hard to do so you know? yeah it's usually not too bad no times i've done it and i i mean michael was kind of getting concerned about you know getting dropped or whatever and i was like if, if we bring you along i'm not gonna leave you don't you don't need to worry about that aspect yeah. but you know yeah. and towards the end i, I told him it's like we're gonna be aerobic so it shouldn't be that bad if you stay in the draft you should be fine i was like you know it does get a, you know there's there's a few stretches that you know get a little excited and you know gets gets punchy and then towards the end there's usually some roadies at the top end, you know, um, back by Solana beach that, you know, mm-hmm. there's some dick measuring that, that goes on out there. But at that point we're already just straight on PCH and you just kind of finish out in the pizza ports on your right hand side. So if we do leave you at that point, I would just be like, okay, pizza ports in, you know, five miles or whatever. Just and you got to go on the highway right now. Is that yeah. still the case? Yeah. 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 Uh, so Josh might, might ditch you on the highway. I don't know. He'll probably stick with you, but he has the pass to go through Pendleton. So, uh, it'd be funny to see what he does if he ends up joining you on the highway or, or taking Pendleton. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the super secret handshake, so I can't make it onto, onto base, but, and that was, I think Michael's concern too. He's like, how much of this is on highway? And how long is that highway stretch? It's like eight miles if that, but you're, you're being pulled along by the traffic too. I yeah, mean, just, I don't even worry so much about the cars. I worry more about the amount of crap that's on the side of the yeah, highway and right. how many, you know, getting a flat. Yeah. It's been pretty clear. The last time I went on, it was really clear. I was uh, shocked. Um, but you know, the cars, cars are, are typically pretty understanding when they see you there. I'm actually really impressed and, and, uh, thankful for like the big rigs. Those, those guys actually usually even move over a lane for you. So they're not, you know, they understand how much wind they're pulling. And so they'll actually move over just like you would, or you're supposed to do for like an emergency vehicle or somebody has a flat, you know, you're not supposed to like fly by them. Um, so yeah, they're usually pretty good about moving over. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Anything else, Austin? I did sign up to uh, for Surf, oh, yeah. Surf City Ten. Surf City for, 10. I, That's be fun. I, we we text back and forth. She's going to look for a a, a rider for me to, to yeah. push, but I yeah. uh, have not heard confirmation if I'll be pushing anyone yet. She'll find someone. If if not, um, you know, Tony will be there. Josh will be there. I'll be there. So there's yeah, plenty of me. riders. I was going to say, wait, <laughs> I got to push. I'm not pushing yeah. Tony. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's you know, we can all if we want to team up or whatever, if there's, there's less riders, which is a problem that I've never experienced. And I don't think Trisha has ever experienced either. So she's like, damn, I need to find more riders. It's all the promotion. It's all, I mean, you, you've got everybody doing it. So Uh, it's exciting. I think you're, you're uh, their, you're their marketing. uh, You're their biggest (laughs) marketing person. Seriously. How many many runners have you pulled in for for this now? Um, to Josh, myself, Chris, that's yeah, three right a couple, there. couple others that I know. So maybe maybe five or six, just just from me. And I've been doing it, you know, about a year. Um, 
Well, she did tell me you are her favorite runner, so. <laughs> well, uh, kudos to, to my wife, too, who gets involved and goes out there and, and helps out, too. So they like having kind of the family aspect and having everybody there. But they're just a good group of people, man. I'm excited for you guys to to meet them and run with everybody and, and experience it because it's you're going to be hooked, too. You're going to be scheduling a race every freaking weekend between racing yourself <laughs> and doing this stuff. So Yeah, um, that's cool. It's a good time. Yeah. I'm excited for everybody to, to enjoy that. So yeah. Sweet. But, yeah. Let's well, should we talk about something other than ourselves? Yeah. What do you want to, what do you want to start with? You guys want to talk about us open? You want to talk about, I want to talk about kits being zipped up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So do you have the rules in front of you? No, I do not. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. Tony has probably has them memorized. Um, but for those who don't know, Matt Sharp got disqualified for not having his kit zipped up when he crossed the finish line, right? He was in third, right? Was he in yes. third? Yeah, and then third. so Justin got third instead of Justin Messler. Uh, honestly, until I saw the picture, I thought he had his kit unzipped at the bottom, like it was open, like an unzipped jacket, yeah. right? Uh, I did not know. And I've probably broken this rule um, that it appears the kit has to be zipped all the way up when you cross the finish line. Yes. Yeah. And you all, you always see pros doing that back in the day, right? And the Kona videos are coming down. I always thought that was for sponsors. It's like, let me, let me look good. Like you want your sponsors showing when you go across the line. I had no idea that it had to be all the way zipped up. I've always heard you can't have it detached at the bottom. Mm-hmm. But never, ever did I hear it had to be all the way up. Yeah. So before, it, there used to be the, the rule used to be that it couldn't be unzipped past your sternum. So basically, they made it stop at like your heart rate monitor if you were wearing a chest heart rate monitor for you know those that get a visual. Um, and I actually, so I would always unzip down to my heart rate monitor. I, I'm obviously I love to run topless, so I want to be as free flowing as possible. But I'd always just stop there. And one year, even at, at uh, super frog, as I was running, you know, and inevitably that zipper is going to come down a little bit as you're running and kind of your shoulders are pulling it open further. Right. And so I think it had come down maybe an inch, inch and a half below my heart rate monitor. And an official actually came to me and said, you better zip that up before you, before I see you again on this turn. And I was like, God, they're really strict about this shit. And I, you know, I, I, I guess the uh, the spirit of the rule is kind of to be fair to the women since they can't unzip completely and show everything, then the males can't either. So we, you know, basically the males don't get a, a benefit from the cooling that the, the women wouldn't be able to benefit from as well. Um, so that was the old rule. Then I think about three years ago, maybe they started allowing us to basically you could you could unzip um as long as it was still attached at like the bottom mm -hmm. so you could you could basically do a full unzip but it had to be connected um and then they got a little more lax with it to where you could be un it could be detached but as you're going through the finish shoot it has to be all the way zipped up um and again, so it can be detached now because i remember uh at oceanside athletes constantly being yelled at by the peer to that. They had to zip, they had to have their kit zipped. So, mm -hmm. um, 
and, and I think it's really at the official's discretion how they want to enforce that rule. I think the rule still states it needs to be connected at the bottom. But if you take somebody like uh, we look at Boulder uh, this past year, and um, you know, take one of my favorite athletes, Holly Lawrence, right? She had a whole She's, top off, right? She had a whole top I mean, she off. She had her sports off. bra on. Right, right, right. Um, that would really cause a commotion, <laughs> but, uh, no one would have been complaining when he's done. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, 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 I think the rule also stipulates like it needs to be over your shoulders, right? Like, see, even if you unzipped, you can't pull your, your kit down, um, below your or off your shoulders. So yeah, she had it completely free flowing off. And in the window, when I had talked to her, she was like, I just got so damn hot and I was so uncomfortable, and she's obviously used to running in the in the bathing suit style ITU kit that, she, you know, she was just like, get this shit off me. Like, she basically likes to obviously, you know, be as cool as possible. And I think Boulder was a hot race. And so she's like, I look like an idiot out there, but I didn't care. I was, you know, um, and she hated it. She does not like, obviously, the sleeve kits, but. Yeah, I mean the the rule for you know world triathlon and everything is that it has to be connected at the bottom and over mm -hmm. the top of your shoulders. Yep. And they essentially it doesn't say you have to, but they would like you to have it fully zipped at the finish line. So as long as it's connected to the bottom of the zipper, there shouldn't be a problem. But then you go with with Matt, okay, if it was connected at the bottom, I mean I mean, even it wasn't even zipped down that far. I mean, the picture I right. saw, it was yeah. maybe just below um, heart rate monitor, if that. I I, mm. I was shocked when I saw the photo because I thought it was going to be open. We've seen Lionel cross it, you know, zip down, Braden Curry at World Champs, all all these guys. It happens yeah, all the time, right? Yeah, we'll Triathlon News put up a bunch of images of people, yep. right? Yep. And then the other part to that is, should Matt be DQ'd? Because we can have repeat drafting, and that's just a five-minute penalty, a 10-minute penalty, 15, whatever it is. But we're going to DQ for a zipper? Like, that's pretty wild. That seems kind of harsh, no? I, I think it is. I mean, like, yeah. how much of an advantage is really gained by having that down? I mean, I remember one year, I can't remember where it was, but Jesse Thomas, um, I don't know if this... If you remember Jesse Thomas, Austin, that may predate you, but um, he was a pretty like uh, he he was a like a fan favorite kind of pro, and he came out of the water and his zipper actually broke on his kit, and so he went scrambling around in T one and found a volunteer with duct tape and basically just you know did the whole like arms up and had the volunteer run around him with duct tape and like duct tape his kit shut. That's funny. So he could continue on without getting a penalty because uh, this was when they were being more strict about it. Uh, so, I mean, for him to know the rule to well enough to be like, I don't even want to chance it, you know, here you can see I'm making my best effort to keep this thing closed. It's not my fault. Um, but you know, again, still to see a DQ over it. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Cause that's, that's prize money. Right. And I don't think uh -huh. he's, it's yeah. not like he, he's a top pro that's, you know, making money hand over fist or going to, you know, just, oh, I'll just, I'll just put him or win the next race. You know, this is this could have been his one payday of more bigger payday of the year. And I don't know where That's he's located, but getting to Maine is not easy unless he I lives back there. I think, is he Canadian? I don't know. I don't, yeah. He's a flappy he, head. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a harsh penalty to be handing out. And also there's not a marshal on course that go, that can't remind him, Hey, zip it up before the finish. We're going to wait for him to finish and then go, Hey, sorry, dude, you're DQ'd. I don't, I don't think there's actually a lot of marshals that, 
enforce rules on the run course. That's kind of right. my point. Yeah. Other than I heard, and I think I heard volunteers saying it at Oceanside. It was the first time I've ever heard uh, there was a, a woman who was just screaming at everybody who went by. I was I was surprised. Yeah. And usually like when I'm spectating, I usually spectate Oceanside. Um, I'll usually, you know, tell runners about it if I start seeing it or or some of those guys go full full unzip on I'll, right. I'll say something um yeah, just I don't to go kind of get full, a heads up I don't go full unzip just cuz I have the nightmare of not being able to in the heat of the moment running trying to connect it at the bottom and zip it up so I just go right to the bottom of the zipper yeah right before Oregon in the morning getting dressed I put my kit on oh, no. and went to zip it up and the um uh, the side that you know you slide in came up with it and all of a sudden like the zippers up and half the kit is pulled up and I had a like very small panic attack really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. And uh, I was actually able to get it back down and, and yeah. fixed. Right. I had a second kit, but just that fear of, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. You get DQ'd yeah. easily right there. Right. So, yeah. But, and I don't and know, then, do we, do we talk about um, the person who got DQ'd in Oregon for carrying their kit across the line? No. Did I bring that up? No, no, but we can. Yeah, no, I was, I just, we we're talking about DQs. I thought it was interesting because, uh, you know, I think that's, that's been a rule for a long time, right? People used to always bring their kids across the line. That always drove me nuts, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, how many, how many people's photos are you screwing up, right? But yeah, so someone, um, I was done, uh, and I think I was just eating food, but yeah, they had somebody go across, grab their kid. And I mean, they made a full on example of them. Just like, you're going to get DQ'd. You're going to get DQ'd. Oh man, you are setting such a bad example for everyone here. I, they're oh. just like, he, he, yeah. he probably talked over a minute about this person who, you know, did that. And uh, yeah, I thought that was the first time I've ever heard somybody get DQ'd for taking their yeah. kid across the line. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, then, I mean I've, everybody's going to be doing it, right? Yeah. I, I've seen it and I'm glad he berated him for it. Um, yeah, 100%. it is, it is a very selfish move and that's, this has been a rule forever. So it's not like, you know, ignorance of the rules, not an excuse for this one by any means. Um, yeah. well they make it almost impossible to even, yeah. I mean, they have to almost lift them over now, right? There's yeah. nowhere to really get in. So yeah, to go out of your way to do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, and again for, it's a 70.3. Yeah, you didn't just cross the world championship Kona or, or your first full Ironman. This is a seventy point three. Come on, yeah. I mean, and, to, it's almost like like again, it's, it's in the athlete guide. They go over in the athlete uh, briefing um, in at nauseum. So if you're still going to do it, it's almost like you're just basically giving the finger to the, the organization, right? You're like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, then here's your DQ, right? Here's your sign. <laughs> well, it's the same kind of concept of, yeah, if you're not going to care about that, are you going to care about the rules of outside assistance, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But, you know, things like that, like they set rules in, <clears throat> in place for a reason. And, but I do want to test it. Maybe, maybe they'll let dogs go by. So I'm going to have champ they do at not. The, uh, the finish line. See what <laughs> happens. Not. He's adorable, <laughs> yeah. man. Let's see what happens. No, nope, put, put, put him in your kit, but just yeah. make sure it's zipped all the way yeah, up. Exactly. So just his head is sticking out. Yeah. No. <laughs> they, they, they actually, there's no pets. I think that's outlined in the athlete guide as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. But yeah, I think, I think the, the kit, you know, as long as it's clipped at the bottom or, or, or connected at the bottom, it shouldn't be an issue. Cause then I was thinking about, you know, women with sports bras, like they're technically allowed to run with just a sports bra, right? Which Correct. 
I would love, I'll, I'll do the mankini thing. Let's bring that back. That seems like it'd be a lot more cooling than having to wear stuff around my shoulders and that sort of thing. But you know, Austin out there, biceps win race. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll do the Max Newman thing, mankini, but cut the, cut the shoulders off. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares about arrow? I don't know. I think we need to just start a free the nipples. I think so. Start a campaign. Yeah, I don't think there's any problem with racing with a bare torso. If you're going to do it, you, you can get it up. The only allow you to do it if you're in a speedo. Okay, I, I could get with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another topic. Uh, so wait, do you, do you want to get into the outside assistance? Because we kind of talked about that a little bit in Discord. Yeah, I guess we should, since we're talking disqualification before we go on to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, drugs. Let's talk about... Uh, outside assistance or even just throwing something, you know, what's considered outside assistance, I guess. Yeah. Right. And, um, cause I've been in that situation where I'm running and I've got, I left my arm sleeves on, on the bike. Right. And it's like, uh, what do I do with these? Right. I can roll them up, put them in the back. I can throw them at somebody I know when I run by, I can throw them in the trash. Um, uh, so I guess. Yeah. So your only legal option or, I say legal options would be, yeah, one, you tuck it in your, in your kit and, you know, you carry it to the finish. Uh, the other legal option is to discard it at the aid mm-hmm. station. Um, if you do try and toss it to a spectator or somebody, you know, or whatever, it's considered, uh, what equipment abandonment. Yeah. And, and that's the penalty there. Um, which again, in the Discord, I kind of linked to that one pro who the front hydration had had fallen off the bike, and she was kind of in a conundrum of what to do with this big ass, you know, uh, what I think it was like the, the tour hands, the tour hands style front um, mm-hmm. uh, arrow bottle. Which, what do you, where are you going to put that thing? You know, yeah. and she, you know, she's like finagling, looking at her her jersey pockets, and it's like that's not going to fit in there. And I don't know what she actually ended up doing. I think she. Ended up throwing down the, the front of her uh, the front of her kit until she got to the next aid station and just to dump it because yeah that's a that's a big penalty yeah, yeah. i i think ahead, that Austin. yeah I, I if if i were to kind of vote on this i'd say no outside assistance at all but as somebody who does ditch things occasionally well, i think i've done it once or twice i actually did it with chris at oceanside but it wasn't anything that, that was I, for fun. That was for fun. Yeah. You know, it's don't, don't tell Iron Man that we're just taking their uh, nutrition from them and giving it away. But, you know, I did that with Chris. And then I think at the end of Iron Man, California, we, you know, you loop around the Capitol like three times and I had two soft flasks that were completely empty in the back of my thing. And I was like, I'd have been fine running with it, but my wife was right there. And so like on the second lap i think i came around and handed it to her no and there was officials and everything right there nobody said anything Mm -hmm. but if i were to be absolute about it i'd say no outside assistance at all i think the problem is when you start taking on aid from people that's where it becomes a problem and they can't really decipher if you're giving stuff away or taking stuff in so they kind of have to just lump it all into one bucket and say no outside assistance right because i get really annoyed when i go to for example just a standalone marathon and I see people, especially like Surf City, it's a pretty open course. And there's people riding bikes along with these people, almost pacing them, 
that's pretty annoying. And then they're also handing them bottles. And I'm like, well, this is horseshit because I have to. Yeah, that's a little much. Right. I have to do this whole thing where I have to figure out how I'm going to do any of my hydration and nutrition because I don't ever really use anything that's on course. So I'm like, okay, well, do I bring some sort of belt? Do I have enough space in my shorts? How do I do this? How do I get myself through this race with everything that I need? Mm -hmm. And then I look up and this dude's being handed bottles of God knows what mix. And I'm like, I could just be running on the treadmill right now and have everything with me and have a buffet in front of me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Uh, that that really irks me. So if I were to say just where I'd have to lean on it, I'd just say no outside assistance. I probably should have been DQ'd for giving stuff up if that's what it's going to mean. Do, do they talk about that in, it shows how much I listen, um, at the pre-race briefings as far as, I understand not taking calories from someone, but do they do they really talk about or ever mention like just handing something off? Like um, Sometimes they do. I've heard it mentioned uh, before and shortly after, so there was, there was an incident where, um, somebody was, they were actually in like the overall, um, age group mix for, okay. for winning. So, yeah. So they're in the mix and, for winning at that point. Yeah. And they, they kind of try to get cute about things where like they're, um, I don't, I don't know who it was, family member, friend, whatever was at like, it would be ahead of them on the like the run course and would just drop something on the floor and then they would run by and just randomly pick up things off the floor. So it's like, oh, is it really outside assistance or am I just like picking up something I came across on on course? And they were and, able to prove that? Yeah, because somebody was they had done it once before because it was a multi-loop course. I can't remember what course it was. It might have been IMAS. It was a multi-loop course. And again, when you're at the when when you're at the pointy end you start to, to know who you're racing, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I know the, the usual suspects who I'm usually chasing and racing. I know what kits they wear. I know their names. I, you know, like I'm, I'm very aware of who they are. Yeah. You're and, looking for the guys with the gray hair, right? Or the no hair in my case. <laughs> um, but so I would imagine again, like when they're, when you're racing for the overall, you know, those, you know, those top five guys and, and kind of keeping eyes on, on them, or you have your, even your spotters, your spectators, keep an eye on them because you want to know where they are and, you know, distance, things like that. So I think someone had, had caught him like picking up like gels or whatever off the ground and then thought it was odd that, right? Like, why would you be doing that? As if you're in the top of the field, why would you be grabbing random things off the ground? Um, and then, so he started recording and sure enough, they caught one of the again, friends, family, whatever supporters drop a chapstick up ahead and he ran up and grabbed the chapsticks. He literally got DQ'd over that chapstick because that, that was wow. the final, that's yeah. what they could prove. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't, I think it's an unfair advantage really, right? Because everybody else is planning, well, how am I going to carry this with me? Where am I, what's going to be on course? Can I use what's on course? Mm. You, you know, yeah. that is definitely an unfair advantage. Yeah. Well, in something Where, like chapstick in, in a hot race, that, that oh, yeah. becomes comfort. a mental comfort yeah. that nobody else has. Of course. Right. Yeah. 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 It's an yeah, advantage. I mean, when you're on the bike and a bottle ejects, I think that's always a questionable, yeah. do yeah. I go back for that? Do I not? Um, I mean, that, that you know, Oregon, right? Those, tra those train tracks. There were uh, a ton of mm -hmm. bottles. Um, I have, I ejected my computer one time. I did stop and pick that up 
Um, but when my bottle ejected at um, Santa Cruz last year, my front hydration bottle ejected, I didn't go back for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back for it after the race and got it, but yeah. uh, and was still on the side of the road. But I, I didn't at that time, and it didn't even cross my mind, you know, because it's always well, especially if it's in the back and you have no idea, right? Someone got a, a penalty for that recently. It was on camera, right? There was a pro on camera in the last six months that ejected a bottle out, and I thought they got a penalty for that. Yeah, I think, yeah, Lucy and Charles I, I think did, it, right? Well, so she didn't when when on the oh, PTO race, yeah. she ejected the bottle and. Yeah. You can see it's not delivered. You can see yeah. that she's obviously pissed off. And like, if you, you can read she's lips, trying she's trying to get it back in there. She's right? throwing some F-bombs in the middle <laughs> of that because she had dropped, I think that was her first race back and she dropped two bottles yes. that one race, right? Yes. Um, and she was livid over it. And, and again, like, use, use your best judgment here. Like, she's obviously not trying to deliberately abandon her, her race nutrition here. Uh, and to let that affect the outcome of the race, I think would be a bad call. And I'm glad the PTO didn't actually in, enforce that rule of abandonment in that type of situation, because um, you can you can tell when it's deliberate. They should just start doing it like for the pros at least how they do it for Tour de France and just give them a, a fine off of whatever winnings they get, even though there's not much. Uh, but you know, five hundred dollar fine if they drop a bottle by accident or something, just for like safety measures, you know. Something yeah, like well, and I even hate how the tour does it though sometimes because like a lot of those pros are purposely throwing bottles towards like spectators or kids. Yeah, they don't like care. That, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome to see. That's what you yeah. want to see. You want to see you know your pros uh, being good ambassadors of the sport and and yeah. really you know motivating and and acknowledging the fans and the support and especially the young the young kids in the crowd. Yeah. And so to find them over that, I mean, that's well, they've that's, got. Massive Stupid. sponsors, so they don't care. It's like the NFL or something, right? Ten thousand dollar fine. I don't care. I'll pay. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting that so many people. I, I get it, right? Like, I, I would love to have outside assistance. I'd love to have Amanda writing next to me with bottles and you know fresh fruit or whatever. But that's the whole point of a race is that you're doing something that's a little bit more difficult, right? So I think they need to be a little bit more strict on that. And if I had to. You know, if they were like, hey, no outside assistance, whether it's dropping something off or taking something in, if we see you DQ'd, I'd be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not dropping anything off. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and there's even a, like a no pacing rule as well. Like I can't remember the distance, but, or if it's a time. Uh, yeah. I wondered how long that was. Cause you, you know, nowadays with people filming things, right. I mean, they're, they're running beside them, getting video of them and things like that. And I never, I never thought it really mattered that much for like the typical first person doing their Ironman or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that distance is. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I don't know if it's distance or if it's time, but I, I know you, you only have so much that you can like run next to somebody. Um, and the, it's, the onus is on the athlete to, basically like get away from their supporter if their supporter is trying yeah. to, to well, I can see whatever. people that aren't supporters that are just trying to get footage right when Lionel's coming down the strand in Oceanside right people running alongside him you know not that they can keep up very long that's probably the limiting factor <laughs> yeah but you know trying to get uh, their Instagram clip or whatever they're doing yeah and and I think in those situations again that's that's a judgment call where obviously this person's not part of Lionel's group and is not trying to pace him by any means and I, I think you you let that stuff go um or even like Talbot on a bike like yeah. he obviously he's got media credentials he's just trying to get 
you know, footage and that's totally fine. Um, but like, I was very aware of it. Again, I, I spectated Oceanside and I think the, what, what year was it where he was, where he raced Dion? That was like the last time where. Like 2017, 18, maybe. Yeah. I think, I think it was one yeah. of those, I think it was like 18. And so we were on this strand and I was closer towards the trunk. Cause I was doing like a, uh, I was getting my run in that morning and I saw Jan go by and I just looked at my watch and then the next person I saw was, was Lionel. And so then like when I saw Lionel, I flipped <laughs> and I start talking to him. Right. And I'm like, Hey, so I just saw Jan. He's such and such this such a time deficit away. You're going to see him in the turnaround right here. Right. Like just lock in whatever. I was just, you know, just being a fanboy fan, at that fan point, boy. but trying to give him yeah. as much information as I could. And then like, quickly broke off. Cause I was like, I know I only have so much time to be able to tell you these things before. Like that would be considered, I think outside assistance or, or pacing at that point. Cause you know, I'm running with them for, you know, 15, 20 seconds at that point, like trying to spew out as much information as I can at yeah, fucking I mean, his pace, which is you see stupid. Yeah. But, but you, you always, you always hear the pros always say, uh, you can't believe anything anyone on, on the sideline says, yeah. right? That's got to be such, yeah. so hard. I mean, that mentally, that's got to really screw with you, right? Because it's like yeah. you told him 15 seconds. And for some reason, not you, but whoever, it was actually 30, right? And how yeah. much of a yeah. toll mentally that could take on you. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if somebody is giving you incorrect splits because they're rooting for the guy ahead of you and you're like, oh, 15 seconds, I'm going to try and run this down. The guy's 45 seconds out and you're like, well, I'm totally blown or something like that you know it's yeah that'd be pretty but, shitty of somebody to do i mean like on I, purpose yeah y yeah i i try and give like and that's why you know i'm looking at you know uh my watch exactly when i do it so i know i can give him an exact number mm -hmm. and the, the only other i think uh, who have i done that uh, I, I did that for holly as well one year and i did it just recently for for paula in la quinta last year because she was getting run down because she mm -hmm. had Mm -hmm. uh, Tamara Jewett behind her and she had Danielle Lewis behind her. I think there was one other girl. And so, yeah, I gave, I, there was like three different points on the, on the course where I was, I was giving her splits and luckily she actually did have Eric out there as well on a bike. I think that was giving her splits, but I remember, yeah, like you near know, the final, I, the last time I saw her, I think it was like at mile, like eleven five, And at that point, you know, like Tamara's like closing the gap and I was just like, you, you've got to move. You can't fucking give in now. Like just everything you have left because you don't want her to run you down. And then she ended up yeah. winning. That was, that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. like to think it was because of all my help. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's at the finish line. Remember I helped you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember me. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of outside assistance, I guess we can transition over. You know, it's been a couple times recently. Uh, athletes have been banned for uh, doping, right? Most recently, um, Thomas, I think it's Steger, came yeah. out and or you know, it, which is interesting that the news his his ban's almost over. It sounds like it's within mm -hmm. a couple of months. So how it was able to stay long, quiet that long is interesting. But um, regardless of pros doping, um, that that's different. But how concerned are you two about fellow age groupers? doping do you even think about it do you worry about it do yeah. you care well i'll i'll ask you chris you're that you just happen to be in the oldest age group and i think that that's probably where it's the most prevalent as you get older things like testosterone are more regularly prescribed to specifically athletes so mm -hmm. do you have a concern with it because i have it in my age group um i i it's interesting i think maybe 
Like I think of the different things that could be taken, right? You've got testosterone, you've got HGH, you've got um, EPO. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I don't really even think about um, like testosterone. I mean, I guess there's been evidence, you know, does that really even help with endurance sports? But um, I really don't think about it that much or really worry about it. Um, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, again, I, okay. I haven't been on the line to qualify for Kona, right? Or, or, or ever been beaten out by one person or anything like that yet. Yeah. Um, maybe as the, it gets, you know, my highest, I think was 11th or something. So as I'm really focused now on trying to get in that top five, you know, you maybe, maybe you start to worry here and there, but for me, I guess I, I, I don't really worry about it okay. that much. I don't know. Yeah. How about you, Tony? I uh, worry is a, a word I don't think I would use, but I am very He's concerned. I, I'd, I'd say aware. I'm, I think um, it would be ignorant for me to think that everybody I'm racing is clean. Um, if you even just look at some of, you know, some of these guys in 45 to 49 or 50 to 54, their results and they're, you know, obviously they're beating, you know, they're beating guys in like 30, 34 or, um, you know, yeah, experience only takes you so far and your base fitness only takes you so far. You know, we all know the kind of the, the, the science behind, you know, male testosterone and, and how our bodies, you know, age and, um, how that starts to diminish right around like, you know, age 38. And, and so again, to be 15 years past that and still being like a third overall at a race, you start to raise some eyebrows and stuff like that. And, Every um, time I see like a 401 in my age group, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? 401? Yeah. yeah. Uh, either they were pro or they were on that edge or I, I'm always amazed when I see someone almost breaking four hours at that's 45 to 50 years old. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's tough because um, I think at that age you start to see um, – the ability a lot more of like testosterone, um, being prescribed by a doctor or something like that. And, and obviously these athletes not getting a TUE for it. Um, um, and same thing, even with like asthma inhalers, you need a TUE for that as well. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably 90% of athletes don't even realize that. And so, you know, you have so many people that that, uh, are using these inhalers and don't have a TUE for it and they could get popped for it. I mean, obviously I think most of them aren't, aren't good enough to be doing that. I think the ones that are, that are aware of, of, you know, what that, the benefit of it, use it purposely, you know? Yeah. Um, real, real it's quick, amazing like how many guys on the tour suffer from asthma <laughs> right. Like <laughs> they all have, they all have these exemptions for, for, you know, asthma inhalers and you gotta be, you gotta be shitting me. Right. Like, I know the best cyclists in the world. Yeah, all best cyclists in the asthma. world all have asthma. Yeah. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Right. Like, come on. Um, so yeah, you're, there's game in the system at that point. Um, so I, I think it is a problem. I think it's probably more widespread in the age group ranks than people want to admit yeah. or, or realize um, and I definitely think it's, it's more widespread than, or a concern than the pro field because they actually have testing. Whereas like, we're not really testing in the age group ranks. Yeah. I mean, there's no way they could afford to test unless they required, I don't know, 
you to provide it somehow. Right. I don't, I don't know that, uh, it could be really mandated or, or right. Policed. And honestly, I think it's pretty sad if somebody's like, if you're doping to win an age group at that, at this point, like, come on, yeah. like, is, is it really that, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, yeah. ooh, I, I I don't understand that aspect of it in sport. I mean, I guess on the, on the pro field, I can understand a, a little bit or at least be more sympathetic to where like, okay, you're, you know, this is like your livelihood. You're, you're scrambling. This is something you're, you know, obviously you're, you know, people depend on you, those with families, maybe, you know, or I need, I need to win this race in order to provide for my family. I, I mean, like at that point there's, there's the gamble some, they're taking, right. The gamble yeah. that they are taking when they get caught is huge. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So from that aspect, you can kind of, I wouldn't say sympathize with it, but at least understand it a little more on the age group side. I mean, what do you, it's really what social media clout. I mean, who really knows or keeps track of like, That's oh, everything, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the age group champion. Uh, okay. Who really gives a shit? You know, like nobody cares about that stuff. I don't, so I don't understand, you know, somebody throwing dollars behind it. Um, I, I mean, like, I will say after uh, watching Icarus, if anybody hasn't seen Icarus yet, go watch it. That's a great documentary, a great mm -hmm. movie um, on so many different levels. I, I thought the the original premise behind it was pretty cool as far as like him seeing if he could get away with it and seeing how much it really benefited him. Um, and that that made me think like, shit, what could I do with an extra, you know, 50, hundred Watts on my FTP? That'd be amazing. Right. And like the wheels start turning, but it's like, what really, what's, what's the point of that? What's to, what's to be gained, um, in the long run for what you're spending and, you know, inherent health risks long-term and things like that for, you know, but it would be cool just to see like, what, what could my body be capable of on some type of program? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to wonder, like, if you start that, you're 40, right? And you start something that is super expensive, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what EPO costs, but I, I, you know, I've heard like, um, I don't know where it was, but like HGH, it's like fourteen, fifteen hundred $1,500 a month, right? These people, these age groupers could be paying for something like that. Um, how, how do you know how much it costs? Uh, I, I heard uh -huh. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Way too expensive for me. But if you start that and you're racing and you're, you have these goals, where's the end point of that? How long can you, you maintain that forever? Right. Or at some point, maybe, you know, maybe it is just a goal to get to somewhere and then you move on. But I, I can't imagine when you start taking something like that, that is that expensive um, to just maintain that or, or yeah, how you set out to start doing something like that. If there's no real long-term reward. I yeah. I, I have no idea, but how about you, Austin? I mean, it's kind of like you're young, you're, you're, you're young. You got a lot of years. I mean, there's, there's a lot of benefit for you to, uh, yeah. Start it now. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it's like running rebel races. You know what I mean? It's just an easier thing to do. So <laughs> I don't understand it. No, I mean, I don't, I don't worry about, I mean, it annoys me that I, I know there's people that do it um, in regular life, in triathlon, running, all that sort of stuff. People that gain unfair advantages. I don't, it doesn't concern me because, again, it's me, me against me. You know, if let's say there's a Kona spot up and one or two people ahead of me, maybe 
there's inclinations of them having done something, that'd be annoying. I'd probably be upset, but I'd get over it. But it doesn't concern me in the sense of it doesn't affect my race results. Uh, it doesn't affect the effort that I'm going to put in any of those sorts of things. I think it's sad that somebody does have to rely on that. Well, the, I, I would say the vast majority of us are clean and we, we don't ever need to worry about it. But it's disheartening knowing that there's people out there that, like Tony said, oh, you're going to get some some Instagram likes and things like that or some sort of image that you're worried about upholding. And that's that's what's driving you to do this. Um, I do think it's a lot more prevalent than maybe Iron Man or, you know, any of these organizations realize. Um, and yeah, how do you enforce that? I, that's really difficult to do. So I think it's, it's on the, it's part of the integrity of the sport, right? If you're in this sport, hopefully you have some decent integrity and they're hoping that you can be honest and be fair, but I don't think it's fair. I mean, the problem is that it's so wide, right? When you look at, um, even just supplements or pills or Sudafed or whatever it may be, right? Yeah. I mean, the reality that people, if you're not a pro and not looking at every single thing that you really are truly ever clean, it feels like I mean, if you're, there's so many yeah. things that could possibly, uh, you could get popped for, it, you know, it'd be interesting. I'd be interested just to take a test, just to know. It would be yeah. interesting to see like, oh yeah, you know, there is something in that you're taking from whatever, you know, the magnesium pill you're taking, you got on Amazon or the whatever, right? You, yeah. yeah. How many people would actually get popped for mm -hmm. taking banned substances? Yeah. 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 It, it would I be interesting. A, one of, one of my uh, family member of ours, uh, former pro, I want to try to get on here one time. Every time I talk to him everybody's doping. So he's, he, I'm sure he's got some good stories that we could get out of him. Um, assuming he's willing to share them, but you know, I, I think he understood how prevalent it was even at that level. But like Tony said, you can understand it. I wouldn't, you know, I don't get it, but I understand why they do it. I, I, I can't empathize with that, but you know, if it's your livelihood and your family and those sorts of things you're taking care of, you're probably going to do whatever it takes to make some money, which is sad. But I would I would be interested to hear some inside stories about things that have actually happened and things that we don't even know about, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll say it's got to be hard when you are naturally extremely talented, but just can't bridge that little gap, right? Sure. You just, you can't make it, you know, you become pro. And, you know, you, you always see it at all these races, right? There's like the bottom 15 people at every, you know, pro race or the person who came in last or whatever it is over and over, right? They, they've, they've bridged that gap a little bit, but at some point, you know, when, yeah, the pressure of, yeah, will this make a difference? Yeah. Yeah. And they think that that's just going to take them over the edge, but it's a slippery slope too. Like you're saying, you're just going to keep taking it, keep taking it, keep taking it, you know, something's going to catch up. Or, you know, in this day and age, stay clean and just identify as a woman. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go clean up the woman age group oh, fields and get women for oh, try. I'm not me. even going to touch that. And with that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole, whole different well, issue. on that note, Tony mentioned something that I had never heard about that I want to go do more research on, though. But he, he mentioned the enhanced games. So, uh, what is the enhanced games, Tony? I had never heard of it. Uh, so, the enhanced games 
uh, are essentially a um, a drug a drug testing free um, alternative or competitor to the Olympic Games. So where the Olympics is supposed to be clean and obviously everybody gets you know somebody gets popped every Olympic cycle um, and they you know retroactively move people on the podium or send out medals or things like that. Um, the enhanced games essentially are, are going to be, you, you can use whatever you want. Um, and they, they want to see what is the limit of the human body when science gets involved. And so that's kind of the thought process is obviously like we have all this technology that's being utilized. You know, you can use, you know, obviously the, uh, the new suits and like swim skins that, you know, people are, we're using for a while. And then obviously now we can move towards like super shoes or the new, uh, the new tracks and the compounds that they're using on, on these newer tracks with the rubber compounds and how fast, um, all these records are being, being broken now. And so if we're doing all this, all of this, uh, you know, advancement on the tech side, then why are we limiting ourselves on the science side? And, and basically, um, let's see what the human body can, can do when there's no limits. And so the idea for them, I, I believe is to start, um, for the first games, December of next year. So December of 2024. And their thought is to start with, um, five five disciplines which they feel are the most um, the most watched or the most viable and it's uh, so track and field swimming weightlifting gymnastics and then some type of uh, mixed martial arts which is yet to be decided so either like judo or um, uh, BJJ or you know karate something like that that is is going to be um, included. And so it's an interesting spin and, and their, their kind of take on it is, um, the IOC is corrupt and they take advantage of the athletes. They exploit the athletes. There's no, there's no payment, um, for winning. There's no price purse. And a lot of these athletes come from poor countries and are incentivized to, you know, try and change their life with an Olympic win or even a podium. Right. I mean, like, but it's when you when you win a medal, it's up to your country or your federation to then basically pay out the athlete for the accomplishment. The IOC doesn't do shit for the athletes. And so the thought is the enhanced games are going to offer prize purses um, to then try and entice athletes to come over. And their thought also it will is, be interesting to have commercials for steroids during the event. Uh, it, it, it would be. Right? I mean, because who, who, what natural supplement, what uh, clean, you know, it's, it'll be interesting from a sponsorship standpoint who is willing to put their name on that. It, it really would be. Um, well, and here, here's the other side of it is how many sponsors are going to send over, because it's not like you have to be, I will call it dirty, right? It's not like you have to be doped up in order to compete in the games. They want to have clean athletes competing side by side with uh, doped athletes and see how they compete. So what if the sponsor is now saying, I'm going to send over my clean athlete and show you that you don't have to dope or, you know, but that are you guilty by association at that point? Can you not? Uh, well, so I mean, I, 
guilty. I mean, if you go, if you go in, I think it's all messaging and marketing, right? Right. If you go in and you're saying, I'm the clean athlete, I'm going to show these guys that, you know, you don't need to, to take these drugs or, or I don't need no technical help in order to make it happen. I'm going to be the Rocky Balboa and, and go kick, you know, Drago's ass just by hard work and talent, you know, type thing. Um, that would be really interesting to see. And I think people would get behind it and there'd be eyeballs behind it. Right. But like, you know, you look at even baseball, baseball was almost dying before the steroid era, right? Like McGuire and Sosa revived baseball and basically, cause they were coming out of a strike at that point. Right. And, and that whole back and forth between McGuire and Sosa oh, yeah. really revived baseball and saved baseball. And, and, and now obviously they're, they're both kind of, um, what aren't going to make the hall because of it. But when you, when you look at it, steroids saved baseball. So, you know, there's what, no saving baseball. Yeah. There's no, I, I can't, I can't stand the sport. So don't even get me started on, 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 a, on that tangent. I mean, I, I will say I go back and forth on, you know, the Olympics, it would be nice for the Olympics to be clean, right. To truly have something where you were testing, um, you know, that the athletes aren't doping, but once you get into professional sports where these athletes are being paid and the, the, the amount of profit that is coming into this from teams and the unlimited budgets and all of that to then try and police a few people here and there and make examples, that's where, you know, I get to the point where it's just like, is it for show, honestly, right? Yeah. It's all for show. It's all about profit. So you think the NFL is clean? Oh, come on. No way. Who just yeah. got popped? Somebody just got popped for for it, right? I just saw an article. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's some it's some like no name guy probably, oh, right? Of like that, that's what of they course. always do. They're never going to pop the big guys. No. So at that point, yeah, I I really could care less if if they're doping. Honestly, I just go under the mentality that they, they all are right, whether that's right or not. In the tour, they all are. And guess what? There's so much money and so much profit there. Uh, you know, if they if nobody was being paid and nobody mm. was allowed to have sponsorships, then again, that's different. But yeah, right. And I guess the, then the other side of the the uh, this whole enhanced games is their thought is to build out like five different like compounds in different host cities that they would rotate through instead of like the IOC again, bidding it out to all these, you know, countries that, uh, you know, bid, bid and then bribe their, their way to hosting Olympic games, having to build out infrastructure, you know, and then it all goes to shit and they end up in debt and the IOC basically gives them the finger and moves on to the next city, the next cycle. So that's an interesting point. I think a lot of it is, you know, them kind of shitting on the IOC, which is understandable. Like Probably I don't think anybody so. really, yeah, I don't think anybody really is going to back back them or um, feel sorry for them by <clears throat> by any means. But and, and I think it's gonna. This would draw a lot of eyeballs. I I'd watch. Yeah, yeah. One thing which I've never done a bunch of research in, and, and I don't quite understand. But you've got like Russia who can't complete uh, compete under their flag, but you've got Russian athletes competing, right? I mean. I, I, how does that work? Why, how is that even possible? Well, don't they, they're part of the Olympic committee. Like they're not part of Russia's committee. So they're competing under a separate uh, entity and they are clean athletes. Are they? Theoretically. Well, they're being tested by the IOC or something, right? Like directly. So they better be. <laughs> yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean, yeah, the, but it is kind of unfair though, like to place a ban on an entire country, even though the country is the one behind it. And then a couple athletes who probably are clean are the ones that, you know, kind of get the brunt of that. That really sucks. But I don't know. I think, I, I think those games are in, the juiced games as I'll call them. Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting because I don't, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if it actually does catch on the only upside to me that's really cool is that you know if you do start enhancing athletes then you start getting the mind for others to trigger right what is actually possible kind of the Eliud thing or you know banister okay the four minute minute miles impossible right until somebody does it and so then you have somebody do it okay let's say you know a three you know just it's a bit outlandish but like a 330 mile right what if a juiced athlete is able to do that then okay, well, someone who's not juiced is going to go, well, if they can do it, then that means I'm probably capable. And then you start kind of just moving the goalposts, so on and so forth, right? So that'd be really cool. The other part to it that would be nice is maybe athletes who are recovering. Um, you know, i.e. Conor McGregor who, you know, snapped his leg and he was taking steroids to, you know, heal that injury and get back quicker than would be normal, which I think is a great use of some sort of steroid. Mm-hmm. So it would be great to allow those athletes to possibly compete, you know, while still recovering or, or however you'd, you'd say it, um, in an enhanced state, but they're still able to compete against people who are also enhanced, you know, and then that way they can get back to competition sooner, do whatever they have to do to wean off to get to regular competition, call it. Yeah. And again, this isn't all enhanced athletes, right? Like I could see clean athletes coming over just not just for, um, the, the name of, of representing clean athletes and trying to beat these, these doped athletes or these enhanced athletes, but also just for the the prize money. I mean, look how many pro athletes is really there. That's a different story. Yeah. Look how many PTO or, or pro athletes are going to the PTO and race PTO races just because the, the prize purses. You're right. kind of looking at like the, what is it? The live golf or whatever that. It, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they were able to get the funding and the backing and the, which is where you wonder, right? Where is that money going to come from? Well, I just think it's so, you know, steroids is so taboo in sports that if you have a clean athlete going over to that, it's probably a hard hurdle to get over, um, in the eyes of the public. Cause they're probably always going to be speculation of, well, why are they going here? And then as soon as they do, win or do well, right? Well, well, no, they're not clean. They're not clean. You know what I mean? So I think you have that kind of stigma with it, which would be difficult. I think it's just how you market it, right? It's like, this is our, this is our clean champion going over and, yeah. and trying to represent clean athletes. But would, you, but would you, you could imagine that there'd be people, I mean, I'm someone who believes that you could literally do whatever you set your mind to. So if that was a clean athlete, I'd be like, hell yeah. I mean, if they gave the data, right, let's be upfront about it, that this person is clean, this is when they've been tested, how long they've been tested, so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. But if they do beat a juiced athlete, everybody else is going to be, there's no way, there's no way. I mean, there's a lot of pessimists that are going to say, there's no way that he's clean, right? And he joined those games for what reason? Well, and again, he or she. But but here's the difference, right? Like you can can look at their, their times, like from running in like the Diamond League, yeah. or the Olympics, and then yeah. are they hitting those same times in these enhanced games, then yes, legitimate, right? They're, they're basically yeah. running to their ability that they've been showing everywhere else. Now, if yeah. they drop like three seconds off their 200 time or something, you'd be like, right, okay, right. something's fishy now. But right. other than that, 
like you can you can say you can you can there's something to to compare it to yeah i guess the other thing oh i was was gonna go ahead i was gonna say the, the the other thing too is like let's not act like we don't have sports now that are you know, enhanced right. or dope to the gills as it is, right? right? Look at look at Olympia. You can tell me those bodybuilders are, are oh, clean. Yeah. Well, of there's always not. been like the natural bodybuilding competitions, and then the the non, right? Right, right. Uh, and they don't call them dope. Te- it's just test- there's just natural. Well, and, that's the rule, right? Tested doesn't mean drug free. Right, right, right. One hundred percent. See that, or or look at something. Um, uh, the spectacle of like of strongman, strong. Those guys aren't clean. They're not tested. But it's right. it's cool to see, you know, guys, you know, pulling big rigs and planes and shit and deadlifting trucks. That's awesome to see, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a spectacle. <laughs> like that's cool. But I think um, from the onset, it's never been clean. Yeah, it, right. it's never. It's it right. never made made to be. Right. So I wonder, like, if you if you have somebody who can run the four hundred at that level, are they going to go over? I guess it's it's drug. It's just non-drug tested. Who's to say they're they're taking right? Drugs? Or, I mean, that's the hard part, right? So here's the other thing too: is like, let's say you have an athlete who was trying the Olympic route and got popped, and now they're on a four-year ban. Right. Where they or else are they going to go? Now they at least can like try and revive their career. Yeah, and, I guess if they feel that they yeah yeah if they but, don't have any career left right yeah. at that point in four yeah. years they're gone then that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's kind of, that doesn't look great either. Right. For that clean athlete who said that, or the, the juiced athlete who said they were clean and they got popped and then they just got, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go over here. And you know, I, I think that, well, if, but I, if there's no, if there's no other place for them, what are they supposed to do? Well, that's the like, point, like right? Cara, they sh- they right? should have been clean. <laughs> right. That's, you know, I think that there should be some sort of you know, just let her set. eat her freaking dirty burritos, bro. Come on. No, for sure. I mean, if they're going to be dirty, be dirty. But if you're going to say you're clean and then you are dirty, I don't, I don't think it's a good look to like, just go, well, I'm just going to go to the juice games. I mean, yeah, Enhanced I don't think that games. Juiced, juiced. Nah, I, it's, um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting for those, those couple, you know, sort of routes that we were talking about somebody recovering or somebody, um, or, you know, maybe the, the call it the master's division, the older guys, and they're still competing, like, you know, with the people who are not juiced, but in their prime, you know, and you see them compete against somebody like that, that'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't, I just, I'm not sure if that catches on, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know a ton of people that watch strongmen or watch the Olympia. Do you know what I mean? Not to say that that's the only one, but I mean, there's a ton of people that watch UFC and stuff like that. And all those dudes are juiced. And, and I would argue how many people actually watch triathlon. Well, I mean, like looking at, you're looking at I mean, a third of the audience right here. <laughs> One third of the audience. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the whole point, right? It's like, we like it. It's a, it's a complete niche yeah. sport. It's right, huge yeah. in our circles, but outside of that, most people don't know what the hell we do. So, yeah, but I mean, cycling's the most watched, uh, sporting event in the world, right? Tour de France is the, is the most viewed sporting event. Is it? Or is it the world cup? No, it's, it's tour de France. Yeah. World cups, like two or three. Wow. Is it really? Yeah, and again, I I don't even you know I'm always amazed I mean, whenever I see days or whatever, right? But when yeah. I see, yeah, they got a lot of time to build audience. But whenever you see uh, Lance post social media or something, the amount of people that go on there and and still to this day oh trash God. the shit out of this guy, it's like who in their right mind believes that anybody was clean during that time? Well, you had to go to what number sixteen to pick a champion. I think it was further than that. 
most years. Come on. I mean, but, it's just so that but, doesn't make it right. But who's that but, person that's on their keyboard talking shit to Lance about being clean? I mean, sitting in their mom's basement eating Cheetos. Man. But what's going through your mind to, to, yeah. to leave those comments? That's yeah. that's my whole. Uh, like I I love Lance, and yeah. I'm not a Lance defender by any means. Like he's an asshole, right? Like the way he treated people, he was an asshole. Yeah, that's the bigger but, problem. Yeah. In my mind. And, and, and so that's what I'll like, I'll shit on him for. But as far as like being a doped athlete or a cheater, I don't consider him a cheater. A cheater is creating an unfair advantage or having an unfair advantage. He was literally e- basically evening the playing field. If everybody's doping, if he doesn't, they have an advantage. So he has to dope in order to maintain that same level and they're all in the same playing field. Uh, I don't know, man. Cancer seems like a very unfair advantage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I guess it, what, what was the, the weight savings from him losing a nut? Yeah, right. right? Yeah. That's what helped it's him much, climb so well. It's, it's not the weight. It's <laughs> and the he's not squishing his balls. He only it's has a comfort one. on the seat. Yeah. yeah. The aerodynamics, he can just throw that dude. shit in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, um, no, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Lance fan. I mean, I, I, I think saying that you know, take trying to take away all his jerseys and all his accolades is kind of insane, um, especially when you had everybody else doing it. But to your point about is him that being the French an, just being mad? Yes. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They don't have any winning cyclists right now, anyways. But um, Tony, so you didn't like him being an asshole, but you're a Kobe fan, right? Oh, I'm I'm not saying I didn't like okay. him being an asshole. Right. I don't I don't care. Um, yeah. But the the fact that he he tried to tear people down, knowing he yeah. would and behind behind lies, yeah. that's different. Yeah, I don't right? care like, if you're a jerk to your competitors, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care if you talk trash. If you people like you know on the playing field, you treat them like shit, right? But yep. the fact that he had people that truly knew he was doping, yeah. and mm-hmm. then he tried to ruin them, that yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's different. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But no, and, I, and even then, like the the amount of good that he did, I think far outweighs Oh, for sure. You know, what the the bad that he was brought yeah. or how much he's been shit on. I mean, like yeah. Livestrong created so much awareness and yeah. and and funds yeah. for for cancer. I mean, like you you can't there's never been anything like it and and it's never been replicated yeah. since. So, right. you know, like how are you going to hate that much on this guy who, who did so much good? And again, I think that this is one of the situations where the good outweighs the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's obviously not that bad of a person. Right. I mean, yeah. And he, again, he, was it, I, I question, was it bad? Right. Yeah. When you've got yeah. proof that. Yeah. Again, it doesn't make it okay. They're all doing it. But I mean, that is the level playing field. Right. I yeah. mean, if there's 16, 17 guys who are all juicing at the top, then well, why are we upset? Isn't, isn't that now a level playing field again, doesn't make it okay, but that's just how it is. So Uh, I don't know. An interesting thing. Yeah. But you guys want to talk about the U S open a little bit? Yeah. I think that's the last one we can go on for this, for for this week, especially (laughs) it's going to be this weekend. Right. So we have to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I would like to, uh, at at another point, um, get my buddy, uh, Maddie Reed on and, and talk about those things and kind of get his insight. Um, as yeah, a be interesting to see if he will, so, would be willing to share. I think he might, he's pretty introverted, but, uh, I, I think it would, would be interesting to get some stories from him. So we'll, we'll work on that and get his feelings on doping and 
if he's a Lance fan. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, the U.S. Open is this weekend. I think it's Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there's a couple of notable names that have dropped out uh, on both the men's and women's side. Um, do you guys want to start with the men or the women? Or? Let's start with the men. Okay. Well, that race so is I'll, first, and isn't it right? The 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 men race, yeah, first, yeah, and then the women race the next day. Correct. Yeah. So. Alistair dropped out. Um, it looks like he's actually going to be out of Nice too, which kind of sucks. I think, I personally think probably his time has come. He's just been destroying his body for years and years doing short course. And yeah, are you an you Alistair know, fan? Are you guys Alistair fans? I like Alistair. I just yeah. I haven't ever really seen him race in my time being in triathlon. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I kind of missed that him. era, right? Because mm-hmm. I took that ten year break, and yeah. I, th- I think I kind of missed. His I era. love his passion, and I I, I love the I, dynamic between him and his brother. I I love the way he raced, right? Yeah. Which yeah, again, I think so many people are so keen to race like tactically, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know sit in, and I'm gonna you know I'm just gonna try and outrun you, or I'm just gonna sit on your hip and then try and out kick you at the end. And Alistair was like, "Nah, fuck Catch you, me. I'm gonna make you hurt, right? Catch me, yeah, yeah let's go." Yeah. And he would just go off, and yeah. I, I miss that type of race dynamic um, of forcing people to race your race. And it was the whole like, you know, no risk it, no biscuit type type of mentality of, yeah, I may blow up, but I may, you know, I may crush you and you have no legs left to, to catch me at the end of this because I, I made you, you know, work yeah. harder than you wanted to. Well, and some people, you know, regard him as one of the, you know, best triathletes to ever do it. The only problem is that he hasn't really gone from short course to long course in a short period of time, like Jan and like Christian have. So that mm-hmm. kind of, um, handicaps his goat status, if you will. So, but in, in terms of the short course, I'm not sure there's anybody that's done it better. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer to see him off of there and off of Nice. I don't, I don't know if he's makes some sort of comeback or actually gets, into racing, right? Cause we saw him in, um, Ibiza and he, you know, he raced how he races. I just, I think he's at the end of his rope, uh, in his career really. So that's, yeah. uh, he just has to be cool. healthy. That's exactly. Sucks. That's what sucks. If he could get healthy, it'd be really cool to see him do like a farewell tour, like, um, Sebastian's done. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be really cool. But, um, yeah, so he's out. That's kind of the, the notable one that's out. Um, I don't know if Sam's going to make it to the start line. Uh, I haven't seen any news on whether they've um, delivered. Um, no, there was a video this morning from Lionel, and yeah. uh, he was in there. But so he was saying, I assume that was shot yesterday. Then uh, today's what Tuesday. Yeah, and he had to know by Wednesday if he was taking a flight. I mean, yeah. I saw him. I saw him out on the the track. Laura was taking video of him. I think it was Sunday. You know, so um, that's pretty cool. But I, I don't know if he gets to the start line. Um, but he's been having a great year, so that'd be really exciting to see him there. Is yeah. Christian again, racing? Yes. Yeah, because I was trying to find the most recent. The hard part about finding a start list is people are dropping all the time. So PTO does a pretty good job of keeping it um, up to date. Yeah. Um, on their website. Well, and but, I think that they're actually being pretty lenient with with Sam in in understanding, and because he was even talking about potentially, you know, flying private he's got a friend that has a plane or whatever he was saying, I think in his latest video that he could fly up Thursday morning 
right. at, at latest and still, you know, still be there and make it. And, and the PTO was being cool about it because I think there's an athlete briefing. Was it, is it Thursday? Yeah. But come like on. It's athlete briefing, put it in a PDF or put it on YouTube. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, so who do you yeah, think's winning? Uh, right now I'm, I'm picking either Christian or Magnus. Um, I've got, well, let me see if I have my picks up because I actually made them, but they'll definitely change by the time <laughs> the race actually rolls around and then I'll kick myself for having changed it and, you know, that sort of thing. But I've got uh, Magnus one, Christian two, uh, Ben number three, Jan four, and then Jason West five. Do you have Jan four? Yeah. Bless me. I know, but I put him at two, one or two last time in Ibiza, and where did he end up? Three? Four. Was he fourth? Yeah, he didn't no. make the podium. Oh. Yeah, the list bummed. I'm looking at, he's, he's not even on this list. That's interesting. Are you on PTO's website? Yeah, but uh, who knows? I see like seven links to try and figure well, out who's... It's because it's, it's he's at the bottom, so he's, he's ranked number 17 in the world. Um you know, Lionel's number 19. I'll tell you who I'm excited to, uh, Trevor Foley's going to be there too. That's, that's really cool. I don't know how he's going to do so short from, from, um, what did he just race? Maine. 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 He just Maine. 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 Yeah. Didn't he, he uh, raced Oregon too, right? He did the double. Yeah. Yeah. So that's three weekends back in a row he's going to be racing. Yeah. Pretty crazy. With so travel. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he performs well. I mean, I'm I excited to see it. Uh, Thomas Bishop's going to be there. Uh, but who I'm really excited about is, uh, Braden Curry is going to be there and I haven't seen him race a whole bunch this year. Um, I think he's really great at that distance. And then, um, you know, Tim O'Donnell will be there. And then Sam Appleton just joined in. Tim, Tim's not going to do a damn thing. No, but mm -hmm. he's, he's long course guy now. Right. But Sam Appleton just joined in. So that kind of helps the front, the front pack off the swim dynamics, yeah. you know, between him and Aaron Royal. And then, the guy last on the list um, that's going to be there is Matthew Marquard. So I don't know if you guys know his story, but he was in top age grouper and now he's a pro. And he got second at um, Coeur d'Alene in his like pro debut. So <laughs> that'll just be kind of cool to see him racing in that dynamic. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a stacked list and, and then what two weeks after is Singapore, right? So I'm going to be yeah. interested to see what group of these guys end up going over there. Yeah. Um, now, what do, what do you think of Tony? I mean, yeah. What do you think, Tony? Who's first? <sighs> this is tough. I mean, like one, two, three, I think is going to be, you know, um, Christian Magnus and Jan and that, I don't know what order. That's a tough one. It's hard for me to go against Jan. Jan. And especially if he's healthy. He's looking pretty good right now. It'll be I interesting would, to see the measure, right? Because we saw where he was. In yeah. Ibiza to see what happens this time. Yeah. So I you know what? I'm gonna I would go Jan Christian Magnus. I don't think Magnus has the leg speed to run with these guys. And I don't think the bike is long enough for him to do enough damage to make up the swim deficit. Right. Like he's got it. He's got to catch and, and then make up enough ground on the bike and come out of T2 with enough of a lead 
to outrun both of them. And I don't think he has the leg speed for it. Yeah, you're going to have Jan, Sam, and maybe maybe Bakagard, um, those types of guys at the front um, off the swim. And then you have guys like Christian, Magnus. Mm, you know, Ben might make that <clears throat> that front pack for the swim. But um, Canute, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just Sam, you know, if if Sam long races and he's feeling good, right? Then you have him kind of catching Magnus and Christian from that backpack swim. Maybe they can work together because in Ibiza, what didn't work in Magnus's favor was he did all the work on the bike. So if he can get a couple guys to work with him to make up that time, then he puts himself in a much better position for the run. Yeah, but so here's here's the thing with that is if he n- nobody can ride with him, no. And so if he tries to have somebody to work with, inherently he's not making up as much ground as he could on his own because now he's got to sure. he's got to wait right. And so yeah. I don't think he's waiting. But no. also, I I also don't think he wants to toe up Blumenfeld like he did in Ibiza either, right. Right. which, you know, I think he's got to make a, a very um, deliberate pass. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and if it, even if it's like a 10 minute effort to drop Christian, he's got to do it rather than waiting and saying, Hey, come up. And then well, he keeps putting in surges. Yeah. 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 And not <laughs> that, but like not necessarily waiting, but I, I think he, I think he rode pretty even in Ibiza and allowed Christian to, to basically stay at the right. limit and, and hold on and basically right. get towed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I just, I, I didn't want to put Jan at the top because again, this is, you know, closer to 70.3 distance. Right. And he's really a long course specialist now, but my other thought to it is that he's very calculated. So he's, I mean, Hey, if he can win, he's going to, he's going to go for it. But He's very calculated in the sense that he's probably eyeing Nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's not going to go tear himself up to win $100,000, which probably isn't that big of a deal to him. And he's probably targeting Nice, um, which I've got him high on my list for. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how well Nice suits him. Mm. Yeah. But- I'm not, I don't know who it suits really. That's an interesting course. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, I don't know, Chris, have you looked at the rankings at all or? Yeah, no, I don't thought? think I was far off. I, I, I was going back and forth between Magnus and Christian. I, I mm-hmm. don't think Jan will win. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they've got Sam fourth and Ben. I, I think it'll be either Christian which, which, or, or which Sam? Magnus. Sam Long is ranked fourth, but yeah. I don't think he's, you know. Um, Lando's yeah. not doing this one, right? No. No. And uh, either, you know, you don't have um, Gustav either. Yeah. And he's he's out of the top 100 in the PTO rankings right now because he's been doing all ITU stuff. So And he's off the team, right? Yeah. So I'd like to see him. I, he might do Singapore now. So that'd be really cool. So Yeah. I mean, he's kind of been... I mean, understandably so. He's kind of been in a funk yeah. ever since his, his mother passed. So right. um, I think it's just going to be one of those things where, I mean, it could just be an off year for him or an, a year where he takes he takes it almost completely off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. other than that, I mean, Daniel Backegaard's another one that's always someone to look out for. 
I, I feel like he gets. I like him as an athlete too. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he's really likable. Yes, uh, but is he? Is he? You know, Lionel's really likable, right? But we're you know. I just uh, this line. Uh, this is not the distance for Lionel. No, uh, but surprisingly, like considering he's Daniel's focusing on seventy really three, placed that well at a. Has he placed very well at a PTO race either? Yeah, he was. Um, didn't like he top three? Beat that? Did he podium? I think he's always in the mix. That's he the definitely thing. is. He's yeah. always in the well, mix. He definitely and, gets and the media he, coverage. Yeah, and he yeah. always adds to the race dynamics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. How about the women? Good one. We're we're at one forty. Let's let's get the women prediction going. Yeah. So for the women, I've got. Taylor Nib at one, Ashley Gentle at two, Paula at three, Holly Lawrence at four, and Kat Matthews at five. Wait, who was uh, two? Ashley Gentle. Okay. I just, I don't see anybody beating Taylor Nib. <laughs> she's so good, man. She's so good. It's uh, the fact that she's the number six in world rankings. I mean, I understand she doesn't race a ton, is really wild to me, but someone catching her from the swim and the bike is highly unlikely. Probably the only person that catches her on the bike is Paula. I don't know, maybe Holly now that she's super aero, right? Um, but yeah, so that's how I have it going. And so you don't think Ashley Gentle's in the top three? What? Or what did you Ashley say? Gentle number two. Yeah, number, two. number two. Number yeah. two. Okay. I think she just runs out of out of daylight on the run. As it, she just can't catch her. Yeah. Hmm. But and then uh, you know a notable dropout. I know Tony's been waiting for this is uh, Chelsea Sodaro. <laughs> Why is she still so, on the start list? Yeah, I don't know, but she's she's out for sure. That's that's the you know, everybody's been talking about it and it's been released, so she's not gonna be there. So that does change things um for the bike and the run, not necessarily for the swim. But I don't know, Tony, thoughts? I, I can't stand her. Um, do we? Do we know? Did she even make the trip? Or or? Uh, so yeah, actually, she was. They were in like Switzerland or something. Yeah, that yeah, was where that you know? video was made, right? And they yeah. put a lot. They put a lot of effort into advertising her. She yeah. might be home now. Um, I, I follow her on Instagram. I think she's home now, but I don't think she's making the trip. I know that. Um, you follow her on IG. Yeah. <sighs> She's a great athlete, man. No, no, she's really just <laughs> not. Um, Jackie Herring is going to be there. That'll be interesting. And then Jeannie Metzler, too, who's kind of low on that list, and, and Ellie Salthouse. So they've got fairly big hitters there. Um, but I don't think that the top five is you know, up for too much of debate. I get, you know, Maybe Tamara sneaks in there or something like that, but... Um, I don't know your guys' thoughts, rankings, positioning. Um, I mean, it is interesting that Chelsea's finally going to break her DNF streak and go with the DNS. So I'm, um, you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> got to switch it up. Yeah, yeah. She's DNSing for all the mothers out there. That's her messaging, right? She's everything's always for the mothers out there. Man, wins Kona and can't win Tony over. <laughs> she's fucking annoying as shit. Tony's heart's harder than Kona. You hear no, that? She's oh, my goodness. <laughs> and even like the, the latest video that they put out, speaking of, right? Like in mm -hmm. the, in when she was in Switzerland, even like so many of her quotes were just 
terrible. Is the, again, the more she opens her mouth, the more unlikable she becomes. She's better off just shutting they, the hell up. Were they trying to vilify her though? Were they trying to create another Sam Laidlow situation? I mean, I, I wonder with the yeah. PTO sometimes, right? Well, I was going to say that I didn't like that video in general, even with Christian stuff. Like no. I felt like there was not a whole lot of action in that video. It was just like a bunch of B-roll footage. And I was like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah, but Christian at least I think was more like along the lines of like quiet confidence you know, like if I show up and do my thing, you know, I, well, that's just him. I mean, they tried to, they tried to spin it with him and Jan and Abitha, right. And both of them are just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to beat you. God, it, that was, that was hyped up guys. That was great. Yeah. Like yeah. you're doing it with the wrong people. Pick, pick laid low, let him be an asshole. And you know, maybe Sam Long will give you some and Lionel will give you some, but it's just a weird sport to do it with. I understand that you need that stuff, but you pick the two wrong people to do it with. So, yeah. But, but again, like she just had some, she just had some real terrible quotes in there. Like one of them was, um, like she can't understand like people saying good job on course because you need like that killer instinct or whatever. And like, she yeah. can't, yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, I think she's trying to be a bit of a badass. but the one thing that I think she's probably dealing with, like these DNFs and, the, and this DNS is she's probably you know, some sort of mental health, but she, I think she's kind of battling imposter syndrome, right? Because she was a pretty mediocre athlete before her Kona win. She doesn't have too many notable wins, right? Right. And then she wins Kona and she's like, whoa, holy shit. And she's thrust into the limelight and the spotlight. And now it's like, oh, should I be here? You know, you start feeling uncomfortable and she's a capable athlete. She's a great runner. She's a fantastic runner. You know, she could, she could compete solely in running. Right. But now she's, I think she's kind of second guessing herself. Like, am I really this top tier athlete? Do I deserve to be here? That sort of thing. No. Um, <laughs> so no from Tony, but I think that's kind of what she's dealing with. Um, I don't know how yeah. much being a parent and that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, so again, like the whole, like, do it for sky that shit's getting old um they try to market her as like you know the the first the first mother to win kona which she wasn't so you know they like even that angle was shit and then the whole what sports illustrated article after that was it was it sports illustrated it uh, was the whole maybe I, th I think it was where you know she just talked about like how hard it was winning Kona because of all of the pressure that came afterwards. Like, so woe is me. Like what a problem to have. Oh, I won Kona and now I have to do all these, you know, interviews and have mm -hmm. all these, uh, media commitments and all these sponsorships. Oh, woe is me. Like, shut the fuck right. up. Like that's people die for that. Like people want that so bad and you're bitching about it. Wasn't like, Miranda Carfrey, wasn't she a mother when she won her last one? Like recently too, right? I don't believe so. No, she wasn't okay. mother yet. But th okay. there was there was one back in the I can't remember her name sure. now. It, it, no, it yeah. escapes yeah. me. But yeah, she wasn't the first. And um but they tried to they yeah. tried to sell that that. I mean, I understand it. it, right? It's an easy story for them to sell. And it's like, hey, she's also just an athlete. Like she doesn't her entire identity doesn't have to be a mother. Yeah. You know, I mean well, there's plenty of dads who have won Kona too, you know. I, Ooh, that's I not go, their identity. Ooh, no, you're, no, you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. That was Austin. That was Austin. Seven <laughs> for endurance. Absolutely. Bring me the heat. Yeah. Being a dad's just like being a mom, right? You're both parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Recovery um, might not be as bad. 
But, but I mean, no, but you have you have athletes like Jackie Herring who was racing, I think, six months. She did like Ironman quarter lane like six months after giving birth, right? I mean, yeah, that's pretty freaking wild. Well, and, and and here's the whole angle too: is like, at what point are you not a a new mother? Right, like her kid's like a year and a half. Oh, a new mother! Shut the what? What, what do you mean? I, like, at what point is that? Are you no longer a new mother? When it's like that. Uh, do you ever seen? You ever seen the movie Grown Ups? Like yeah, it's Grown Ups too, and the kid's like four years old and still breastfeeding. Oh, still oh, feeding. How, yeah. how, how old's your son? <laughs> Forty-eight months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a long card to play, but I I think they're. I mean, what other do they have to play, right? I mean, I think yeah, that's the part none, I struggle because, with. Because is, she's so unlikable. Well, yeah. And and I I don't know her, right? But yeah, when you watch the videos, it, it it's hard, it's hard to, to like her. Like her no, right? I mean, I, I, just, I just like I her. I will be the first to admit, right, that I used to feel that way about Paula. I was not a Paula fan, right, when you they first do. started making videos. But she's... Now that I know her better and that, uh, you know, the podcast, I think I've listened to that. I think it was just her personality maybe didn't come through and it's hard being a pro, right? So, um, but now I've come around more so than, than uh, I was, right? And I, I like her. So, I've always it's been hard. a fan. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can't uh, even... Well, I, 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 can, I can see where you're coming from, but I also like understand very much her mentality of because it's very much me too is like i just want to fucking try and get a camera out of my face mm -hmm. like i'm trying to work here that's that's why like i don't have a lot of footage of me training because i'm too busy getting the fucking work done i don't have time to pull out a camera and like sorry and, oh here's I'm, my I'm, in it, I'm in it i'm in it for the fame i mean you know, the, the, yeah. the youtube fame here's my <laughs> selfie here let me let me stick my ass out for you real quick um, for the camera well, side sidetrack. So, what are your guys' picks for the oh, race? Oh, we're still going on. <laughs> yeah, we kind of got sidetracked Damn. there. Chelsea's not in it, so don't worry, Tony. <laughs> I, I was never worried anyway. I mean, like oh, the only God. thing she did is change her DNS to a or her DNF to a DNS. Like she would, gonna, she would have fucking failed at this one anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna make you race in a kit that's not your uh, Wolfpack kit if she wins one of these PTO events or something. We're gonna place a bet. <laughs> we're gonna actually pay to make her kit. Yes. And you we will go. wear it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so, um, uh, and, uh, you yeah. know what? I would, I would, I would just quit, right? That's, that's what she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm with you on Taylor Nib. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think anyone's touching her right now, especially not yeah. this distance. There's it, not even going to happen. Um, God, second. I'm going to follow my heart here. I'm going to go with Holly. Okay. I'll, I'll do Holly second. I think Ashley third, Paula, Paula fourth. And I think, I think Tamara can probably run into fifth. Yeah. She's probably running, running, by, running down Cat Matthews. Yeah. Like, I think Cat Matthews is, 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 she's due. I actually yeah. should put her higher, but she hasn't raced in a while. And like, so I, yeah. I, yeah. And I think, I think, Jeannie Metzler adds a good dynamic there too. She might be in that five, six spot. You know what I mean? I don't mm. think her bike's strong enough. And then, um, I love Ellie too. I, I'd love to see her up at the front, but you just we'll love see. to see her. That's, <laughs> that's true. It's very true. Yeah. If it was just her and Holly, I'd be pretty excited about it. Um, Chris picks. 
<sighs> I think I'll go with you guys on Taylor. Uh, Taylor, Ashley, Paula. Holly. Cat. I, yeah, I think it's just all going to be a matter of chasing down Taylor because uh, I don't know of any of these girls swimming really well with Taylor, right? Um, no, I mean, and again, I think what Laura Brand is in here too, isn't she? She's not scratched. She's yeah, she's still racing. Yeah, yeah. So I think Lauren Brandon can hold her hold her feet yeah. or or help yeah. pull that along. Uh, I I know Holly Holly's actually right. She can mm -hmm. she can hold that as well if she doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think she had a poor start at the last at the last race and, and yeah kind of yeah. couldn't. You know, she, I think she talked about it too, not being able to hold it. Yeah. Um. So that that's an interesting dynamic. Um. But you're gonna have a huge group on the bike, which is an advantage that would be chasing them down. I I, I think you find Paula, Ashley, Holly, Cat, Sky, you know all these girls in one pack chasing down uh, Taylor. So that's the one place that maybe somebody like Ashley or maybe somebody like Tamara, if they're at the front of that group, could run Taylor down. So I don't know. I mean, because no we saw her in... Way. Well, we saw Taylor in Dallas last year was... She was, you know, walking at points, right? Not, and then again, she was walking the East station strategically because she had such a fucking lead. It didn't matter. No, but not, but she wasn't, remember she was walking the one um, turn, not the aid station, but starting on the second loop too, right? So all I'm saying is that, you know, she's, she's vulnerable too. So if you have runners like Ashley and Tamara, you know, in that group and they're all working to catch Taylor, then that's a really, really fun race at the end there. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it goes. I don't, I don't think uh, Sky is part of that. I, don't, I no. think she comes out too far out of the water to even be part of that that bike group, and she hasn't really shown a strong bike at the shorter distances. She's more of long course. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I'd almost call her like a long course specialist more than anything. Well, that's where I yeah find Jocelyn and and uh, Jeannie or sorry not Jeannie, um, Jackie Herring. Kind yeah. of long course specialist. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And we'll I, I just don't they think fare. they have the speed or the power to be able to match these girls on the bike. I yeah. think I think Paula's going to be the only one that's going to even come close to matching Taylor's speed on the bike. Yeah. Um, and if anybody can hold Paula's wheel to then kind of mm -hmm. limit the damage uh, to get out of T2 in, in a respectable deficit, then have yeah. a chance. Because I think, you know, Paula's not known for, obviously, her runability. You know, she's usually trying to hold on. Um, although she did just have a, a pretty good run off, off her last uh, bike. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and mean, I'm I'm really I'm really curious to see this one. This one's gonna be this one's gonna be fun yeah. a fun watch this weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be a good race for sure. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. For the show. I will make sure this was a short one. What are you cutting? You're cutting I me know, off already. I know. Well, I gotta <laughs> we can go for this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You want to go back to Chelsea? All our fans that know nothing about professional triathlon are like, what, who the hell are they talking about? Right. Yeah. You guys can stop li listening after about an hour or three. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all the Chelsea hate mail that you will receive, Tony, where can they find you on Instagram? I'll be on IG, uh, big bad wolf underscore 82. And Austin, for all of the mothers who say fathers, it does not compare. <laughs> Where yeah, can they well, find I you? I, yeah, I also don't have kids, so you can throw that in there too. Uh, 714 Endurance on Instagram. <laughs>
And so everyone that just loves the show and my neutral uh, seat that I take here <laughs> can send love to <laughs> at CJ Media on Instagram and on uh, on YouTube. And you can find us at uh, ocendurance.com and oc.endurance on Instagram. So send the questions over. Light up the email yeah. a little bit. Send us some if, emails at podcast at OC Endurance, who you want to get on. If you know somebody that you yeah. uh, can connect us with that you want to get on, shoot a, shoot a message if over. You're a, if you're a female or you're a mother and you want to come talk about it, please, please come on. We are looking for anybody to have some sort of differing opinion from us. Yes. So, well, we have a female list yeah. coming up, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, we are scheduling yeah. podcasts out and we have uh, more females coming out, but we want, we want yes. more and more. So... All right, boys. All right. See you guys. Have a good week, fellas. Next week. <laughs>